This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Arsene Wenger's been in Japan for a year. He doesn't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. It's the history of the Tottenham. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I have nothing to say. Con Giovanni, yeah, incredible. Dribble, 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 dribble. Penalties? What is penalties? <laughs> Who are Man United? It's been a long 62 days, but we are almost there. This week finally sees the return of the greatest cup competition Europe has to offer. The Champions League is back. I know that's unfair to the Europa League and the great intertotal cup of years gone by. Well, that's this gone now. We don't we don't have that to but enjoy. The word intertotal is such a satisfying word to say. Yeah, I'll intertotal. Just, it makes me just think of Africa. Africa, yeah. yeah. We should play Africa out. Yeah, <laughs> we've got the uh, yeah, Peter Jury. Yeah. Peter Jury playing the Africa. You might see hear that before the end of this. Yeah, show. you probably will. <laughs> But are you excited for the Champions League to be back now? Yeah, yeah, it's about time. Like we've been like watching European football for the last couple of months. Really, has been a bit of a drag because there's been no excitement of any sort at all. Like the the Christmas break in Germany came and went, and nothing happened in terms of signings or any transfer window activity. Despite Bayern trying to sign whoever Borussia Dortmund are trying to sign, and that has kind of just meandered on a couple of weeks it's been back in Germany we go to Italy and nothing has changed as Juventus yeah. charging on towards the league title Napoli in, falling away yeah. even more again recently. exactly in in, Par- in France Paris have lost a match but they're still going to win the league by the end of March yeah they lost to Lyon 2-1 like a week or so yeah. ago now and the big story out of that is just the injuries they're getting yeah. as opposed to the fact that they've lost the, the first the, league we'll come to those injuries later on but I think that might be a blessing in disguise and then Spain, of course, is just like every team. No one wants to win the league in Spain. Barcelona is going to win it by default, by the looks of things. The, like before the winter break, things were looking pretty exciting because you know Sevilla were putting up a bit of a fight. Atletico yeah. were sticking with Barcelona, but both those teams have just kind yeah. of collapsed in recent weeks. So basically, this is the only interesting thing to come out of Europe, and in most cases, and like we're not, we're not even going into the Premier League and how it's kind of divided itself into several different league tables already. We do have a title race, though. Yeah, there is a title race going on, but you know, there's nothing. There's something to be said about European competition because it's going to be a breath of fresh air, something different. It's wide open this year. Definitely. So, although, it's it's wide open in terms of I don't really know who's going to win the Champions League at this stage. And But we, we didn't know... Like last season, I wouldn't have thought Real Madrid had the had the staying power to do it, but they did it. Yeah, they've won the last three in a row now. Yeah. Four like the, the when five. they retained it, they were probably still the best team. They And Zidane had solidified things and come out the other way and they were winning in the league, if you remember as well at the time. Yeah, they won the league that year. And yeah. the, of the four they've won recently, that was the most impressive. It was, the, yeah. The 4-1 against Juve. Exactly. And you think, okay, they probably were the best team at the end of it because they beat who they beat along the way. But last season was a bit of a joke. So it turned out it was just like, ah, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll drag themselves on. and, and The flukiest things always happen. Like yeah. the, the whole stuff with Lars Karius and stuff, even with the, uh, what's his name? The Bayern Ulrich, Munich. Ulrich, Sven Ulrich, Sven Ulrich in goal Bayern for Munich, Bayern Munich. Given, yeah, Benzema only scoring. <laughs> the most ridiculous goal I've <coughs> ever seen. The most important goals of his career. He just scores in complete mistakes of keepers. Kufan getting sent off. Uh, Salah coming off after 10 minutes or whatever it was yeah, and he got very, injured very soon into that final and that was just end, bring on Adam Lallana like he's going to do the same things as Salah but yeah that was last season uh, but this season I think it's even more there is clearly no team that's even dominating domestically to a stage that you say okay they're going to transfer this European form because Man City they have Pep they have the best team in England currently as they are top of the league in England having won 6-0 six 6-0 six against Chelsea this weekend but they're not to go too far into that match, but ha- ha- 
you know, I don't know if they could transform that or transfer that form to Europe. They've never managed to do it thus far. Even with Pep trying his best, they've always kind of fallen short against teams that they went in as favourites against the team like Monaco the first team to knock Pep out as Man City and then Liverpool last year they, they went in as favourites as well and both times the, you know the the scoreline kind of just insulted Man City by the end of it you would have thought there was no there was a, a gulf in class between the teams in both match in both cases the amount of goals they conceded and I still think that's a, a concern for this season as well that if they come against a team they're fancied against and it doesn't work or that team outfoxes them on a single night that's the end of it and that's been Pep's undoing Throughout his managerial career, it happened at Barcelona against Inter in two thousand and nine or ten. It happened in again uh, Chelsea in twenty twelve. Chelsea in twenty twelve. It happened at Bayern Munich against Real Madrid and Barcelona, and it's it happened obviously against Monaco and Liverpool as well. It's like he goes too far and commits too far and goes too deep into his own footballing zone to really come back at teams. And it it, it is harder in cup football as well than it is in league where yeah. the consistency is rewarded more Yeah, but uh, because we're so excited that the Champions League is back we've decided that we're both going to rank the 16 teams left in the competition uh, starting from 16 we'll do 4 each you know keep okay. it nice and even so Andrew you start so what I've done is I first made a judgement call on who would win each of the ties of the last 16 this is just just to explain my, my, my basis for this who to win the that the their ties. I have four teams who I've, yeah, one, two, three, four, four teams who I've designated as sure things to win their tie, and four things I have judged to be, I'm not certain about, but these are the teams that I give the edge to. So, so who are so, your bottom four? But yeah, I'll get to them. So then, having taken those eight, I assign those the top eight spaces. All right, okay. And then the remaining eight are the remaining teams who are still very good teams in some cases because some of these ties are quite. Yeah, you know, definitely 50-50s here. But they are in the bottom half of the power ranking as a result. But the bottom four are quite easy, and we'll see if you agree with them. I have in number I have number 16, I have Porto. Porto, okay. That's not a controversial... No, I don't think so. You don't so. want to fight over that. At number 15, I have Schalke. Yeah, okay. At number 14, I have Leon. Okay. And at number 13, I have Manchester United. Manchester United, okay. I have two different teams there. I have Schalke 16-4-0-15. Like, that's much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't think Schalke are going to get near Manchester But I think, Manchester in City. fairness, I think Schalke, but then I have to bring in the other thing. It's like, okay, I have the tie, I have the, I've judged them by, by who they're playing. Like, yeah. Schalke are playing uh, Man City, and I think they're going to lose to Man City, so I put them in the bottom half. But then, okay, if Schalke are a decent enough German side, like, they might get Champions League football again this year, we don't know yet, it's too early to tell. But if Ma- if Schalke were going to play Porto, they're beating Porto, and they probably give a good you know good account of themselves against Leon and maybe even Spurs and a few of the other, you know teams that are not of the ultra high quality in in at Manchester United for that instance. See, I had I had slightly different thinking. I I did not separate into the eight losers, best eight yeah. losers, best eight winners. I separated into who I think is most likely to win the tie and then who's most likely to go on and win the yeah. thing yeah, yeah. as a whole afterwards. Yeah. So I just don't see Schalke getting near Manchester City, whereas I think Porto could beat Roma. So yeah, that, I, I grant that, but I think that. Roma's a certain victory. I think uh, I've actually got Roma next. Really? So, yeah. Okay, okay. Because that's how this I, I've thought of it. You've decided to, to big up the big teams. Yeah. You've, just, given, you've given preference to coefficients instead of... 
I just think reality. Roma have been poor in the league this season. I, I don't know as much about Porto. That's kind of why I put them below. But Porto could They're surprise. in transition again. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I figured. Like, they lost. They, they won't win the league. Yeah. Portugal, Benfica won 10-0 today. Yeah, so. Just to, just to put things in, into perspective. So, I, I don't see either of those. Like, I think whoever draws them, one, the winner of that in the quarterfinal is rubbing their hands together. Thinking, yeah. We got ourselves a semi-final well, here. You say that, but then Roma last season. Yeah, but Roma ha- have been redisappointing the league this season. They're struggling. They to were get to not the- that great last season. No, either. but they were easily the third best team in the league yeah. last year. This year, they're not. They're struggling to get to the top four. Yeah, they're, they're they in a sold fight their there. best players. Like, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Again, and Jekyll's what thirty nine. Yeah, and he's not scoring. Years old or whatever. He, he is. He's not scoring the way he was last year, and it just seems like it's not working for Di Francesco. So I think. Last year was more of an anomaly. Um, I, I hope he stays at the clubs. I think okay. he did do a good job there last season. Then number 13, have Ajax. I would disagree with that because I think for... I think this Ajax team, they've shown it. They had Bayern Munich in a group stage. Yeah, but... It's they the, had Benfica who are, you know, as we said, have won 10 nil today. A better team in Portugal. Better let, than Portugal. Let me, just, let me just give my reason here, so, because I, I thought a lot about this one. I felt harsh doing this, but their recent form has just been so bad. That I just can't. Real Madrid's the opposite. They're Real Madrid coming into form. Then I think Real Madrid and like I think Real Madrid had only lost one knockout game in the last five years. It was against a very good Juve side. Like I think it's yeah. gonna take something good to take out Real Madrid. They're not just gonna yeah. fall over to a decent Ajax side. No. Nope. Uh, I, I I would of course love to see Ajax take out Real Madrid just because it would be very romantic. Yeah. For Ajax to do well and get to the quarterfinal. I think if they do t- take out Real Madrid, they will make a good quarterfinal opponent of anyone. Yeah. Uh, but I just think Real Madrid are, it will be too much for Ajax mm. there, so they they're my thirteenth. Okay, I'll talk more about Ajax when I get to them in my yeah. List. Give us your next four there. So my next four after Manchester United who were in thirteenth, mm-hmm. who I just put down there because I think just to explain my Manchester United pick at that point, I do think that it it will be a close tie with PSG. That was one of my yellows, you know, as in my uh, 50-50 not really not a hundred percent confident on it but i do think that if it came to it i think the other 12 teams left in the champions league would have beat would beat this manchester united okay. side so they're in fourth or in 13th in 12th i put spurs okay for similar reasoning to manchester united i think the other 11 teams that are left below them or ahead of them in the ranking would beat them on the on their best day against spurs on their best day uh in 10th place then i have bayern munich Okay. And in ninth, very low for Bayern. Well, Bayern Munich again, like Nuko Kovac has not had a good season. No, he's they're not. winning. Like they've come back from their winter break and they've done all right. You know, they've impressed. They're getting other goal scores, which is a problem they had before the winter break, and they are improving. But I like. I think that they should have had a managerial change if they were going to do it this season. I think like managers of the caliber of Arsene Wenger or of the caliber of yeah, Leonardo Jardim were available. In the, in the winter break Thierry Henry became available uh, but they decided to stick with Kovac which is fair enough that's that's their choice to do but they have an aging side Ajax showed how to get at them they can't score if you shut down uh, Robert Lewandowski and even if he drops very deep and becomes a creator you can just put someone on him and for that reason I think I the majority of teams left in the Champions League would fancy themselves against Bayern this year including Liverpool who they face this week uh, and then finally in ninth place, I believe that's my yeah, yeah ninth. my next fourth is Real Madrid. Real Madrid, okay. Who I fancy to lose their tie, and as a result, I put them at ninth place. I have to put them high up in the the top of that bottom division. You got to respect the fact that they've won three in a row. They've won three in a row, but they are a completely dysfunctional side. Uh, Vinicius, I can't pronounce. Vinicius. Vinicius Junior, who's come into the side from Brazil, you know, 
the jury's out on him. I think he probably will end up to being a very good player. He he's shown little sparks of it. He's still only eighteen, I think. Isn't yeah, he? and he has a long way to go to learn how to be in a you know a team unit and not to be a one man show. Because if you saw the Barcelona Real Madrid Copa del Rey match during last week, he had a, a a multitude of chances and a multitude of opportunities to create chances, and he always took the harder option. It reminds me very much of Neymar, and Neymar kind of got to terms with okay, I'm a provider. In some cases, I can't be the one-man show that I was in Brazil at every single opportunity. And I think Vinicius, Vinicius. Vinicius has to learn how to do that as well. But at the moment, this Real Madrid side is so dysfunctional that in defence, like they're an absolute, they're a car crash waiting to happen. Sergio Ramos could still do them harm in every match. It's a job randomly. Their full-backs are getting... As they were last season and the year before, they were a complete weakness and players would always move in behind them and it just took some poor finishing for Bayern not to knock them out last season, if you remember. And they were a bit older. They're, they're suffering injuries in defence as well. Watch McCollum got out, got injured there last week. Uh, the reserve right-back who was playing for Carvajal this season. Nacho? No, what's his name? It's another name. I've forgotten his name. But they have injury problems. Tony Kroos is hanging on back there. Gareth Bale has scored recently, so there is like... He's getting back into form, which is something he's fit and he's in form. But at the same time, is he going to be fit and in form for the rest of the Champions League campaign? I don't think so. And obviously they're without Ronaldo as well, who was yeah. so talismanic yeah. for them the last yeah. three they've, years. They've last year's team, except minus a few important players. They still have, like, Courtois is still a liability in goal. I don't know what. He, he didn't have a good season last season. He, you know, he signed off his form in the World Cup. And this season, I don't know about it. And then Kaylor Navas still does play the Cup matches. Will Kaylor Navas be preferred to him in the Champions League yeah that'll, League. that'll be interesting to see who because plays. he has the experience he's won three Champions Leagues four four Champions Leagues yeah, although he was he was on the bench in 2014 yeah Casillas was still there um, but yeah that it's a bit of it's a bit of a a strange one but that that is definitely yeah I have Real Madrid at ninth. okay I'll give you my next four and then at 12th I have Leon who you, you put them a bit lower than I did I think you know they have some good players they, yeah they, they're, they're an exciting they, side they beat Manchester City in the group which was an impressive yeah. result they did well they so, beat PSG in the yeah, last week that, yeah. like that was a weird group that they got through like they did well to get through yeah, because absolutely. it was very close between the three teams uh, other they're than a well marshalled team they yeah, all definitely. play for each other they're like a lot of you of not, not necessarily homegrown players but a lot of players who've been together for a long time in that team yeah, they're and you know they do have Barcelona in the next round, which is a very difficult to draw for them. They, yeah. they could. That's why I was like, yeah, they're gone. If they and beyond that, I don't think they could beat. Like maybe they'll do Schalke. Yeah, I I don't think they do anyone else. If they did happen to get past Barcelona, I don't see them getting past pretty much anyone else. No, unless if you they, were to play them in a two leg, yeah, unless they manage to get one of Porto and Roma in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and, <clears throat> well, even Roma have experience. Yeah, maybe. Um, <clears throat> Then I've gone with Tottenham, who yeah. are injury injury stricken at the moment. Who, uh, who, who continue to win in the Premier League. They just keep winning in the Premier League to despite everybody because not despite everybody, their fans probably enjoy it. But the like form, the teams they're playing, they're playing badly in most of these matches. Yeah, Leicester were good against them this week. They're weekend. getting the rub the look, like Vardy missing a penalty, they're getting you know just getting opportunities to score goals that shouldn't be presented to them time and time again, winning by a couple of goals and then peppering out the result and late on in the match like they did against Leicester. And their uh, continual refusal to draw. Yeah. Which is quite amazing. Is, I, uh, I, zero, I hope they commit 20 to that. 20 wins and 6 defeats. <laughs> I hope they commit yeah. to that for the rest of the season. That is, that is something else. The undrawables. And they're playing um, Dortmund. Yeah, Dortmund. they played Dortmund. I, Dortmund. I think Dortmund lost last year. Pretty humiliation. You know, it was humiliation for Dortmund last year the way they went out, especially at Wembley where, you know, Dortmund dominated at times and still couldn't 
you know, get the better of them. So I think Dortmund will have a point to prove. Uh, I actually have Dortmund next because okay. they're without Marco Royce for this tie. I think this yeah. is a very 50 50 tie. I do think yeah. Dortmund will go through. Yeah. Whether both Dortmund, Dortmund are a young team. Yeah, definitely. With uh, a lot of. Lucien Favre's doing something very exciting there. Like he's they, such a crazy he is. Like, wild card manager as well. Uh, Jane Sancho has obviously been a complete revelation for yep. them this year, but they've got other players as well. They're not. Pulisic's P- 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 still there, not playing every yeah, week, but they, he's still there and he scored at the weekend. He might. Uh, play actually if uh, Marco Royce yeah, is out of the side because he's out of the first leg at the very least anyway yeah. he hasn't travelled but he's uh, Lucien Favre like not to get too deep into Dortmund but Lucien Favre has done like he's bought uh, brought back in Mario Goza and he's got him into the team and yeah, scoring goals well, yeah. and assisting Jaden Sancho as you said he's got other players coming in off the bench actually contributing during the match he's still got the old hands there as well at the back and uh, he's kind of offloaded a lot of like uh, what's his name Nuri Sahin's still there and uh, your man from Barcelona is still there who I can't remember his uh, name Paco Alcacer Paco Alcacer but the defender who got injured oh, last year in the bombing no he's gone he's he gone? he's over at Real Betis now I think oh, I missed that um, but I think that ultimately they'll end up focusing on the league which is why I don't think yeah. they'll really put much of a dent into yeah. the competition like I just quarter think final I think, I think that yeah quarter final I'd expect and I just think they're but you see once you get to the quarter final I don't think there's there's that much to be feared yeah, and that's why I'd have know, them higher than what you have them. The the wild card of Roma Porto will always yeah. be there in my mind. Any team would fancy getting one of those two. And number nine for me is Atletico Madrid. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's they're 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 actually they. It's the fact that they're playing Juve mostly. Like I, I just yeah. don't think they'll get past Juve. I think that, like they've lost the last two league games now. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to watch they're conceding them as goals well. yeah. as well. Like Godin isn't what he used to be, and he's not playing a lot of the time. And like he's they've, leaving they've, in the they've summer. got Morata as well. Who <laughs> Morata's not Jerry's playing or doing anything. Griezmann is carrying carrying the attack. They're still trying to figure out a way to be creative in midfield with like Lamar is coming in and out. That other player they have, who I can't think of his name, is coming in and out. Saul. Yeah. And they're still trying to use the fullbacks. They're aging. The keeper's playing well, but there's only so much that can get for you. You saw how to get at them. Dorman got at them in the group stages of just playing high pressure attempt and keeping the tempo up for long periods of time. They'll tire out and they'll make mistakes. Dorman beat them like four 0 in the yeah, group stages, it was, didn't they? It was, pretty, was... it was pretty funny to be honest because they kept <laughs> like Atletico kept being hard as nails and then just kept getting done on the counter attack, and that's something I think. While this Juventus team isn't the most mobile as, as they've been in the past, they still have quick players and they still have the finisher in Ronaldo. Yeah, who uh, loves a goal against Atletico Madrid mm-hmm. as well. So give me your next four then. So eight at, to at nine, and in eighth place, I have Roma. Okay. Be, for, because I think they will so the win worst, their tie. the worst winner, basically. The worst winner. And I think after that, I think they would lose to any team. I think, as you said, Roma would be the pick of the quarterfinalists. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. In seventh place, I have Ajax. Because I think they will beat Real Madrid. Again, this is a 50-50 one. But I think, as you know, in contrast to you, you believe that they've had terrible league form since they, basically since the beginning of winter, effectively. But I think that's because PS, PSV Eindhoven in the Eredivisie in the Netherlands have romped away with it. Yeah, they have been phenomenal. And I think they're like, okay, we'll make a judgment call on this. We can be... We can weather and blood more young players in the league, which is what they have been doing, and be competitive. And they've they've given like a lot of experience to a lot of different range of players. They play a lot of different styles. It's like they're using the league as training for the Champions League. There, it's uh, Freddie De Jong and the other guy, Matthias Tillet. Matthias Tillet are both gone in the summer. The De Jong has been confirmed already going to Barcelona. I don't think. It's been no, it's not. That's not confirmed at all. But it's going to happen soon. It's yeah, going to go to expected. PSG or is most likely is what what is expected. But 
I think that they all know that where they're sitting now. They all know, okay, this is this is our go with this. This is this team's only chance. Yeah, this is their chance to do ninety five, basically. Effectively, Trav go with it, and for that reason, I keep them, you know, ahead of Roma. But I again, you have to be realistic with this, and they have the weakest, like overall squad, player for player, pound for pound, they have the weakest of those of the remaining teams in the Champions League at that point. The, the the biggest thing about the league form is the fact that like they they lo- they drew a match four four recently. Yeah. They lost six two to Feyenoord in a yeah. big match. Like it's just they're they're conceding so many goals yeah. that Real Madrid like even with the even with their inability to score most of the time. But even with the fact that like they like they've won the last five games now they like they they they're not scoring as much as they were last season. But like Benzema's still chipping in with a few goals. Bale is getting goals. Modric is still scoring a few. Like I think they'll yeah. get enough to just get past Ajax. Plus the amount of experience that team has. Yeah. Even Casemiro scoring recently. He scored a bicycle kick. Yeah, I know. Game. It was pretty amazing. It was always one of those bicycle kicks inside the box. It was yeah. probably unnecessary, but he did it anyway. It was He's, just a bit funny. That Brazilian flair. So number six. Number six, IPSG. Paris okay. in there at number six. I think they'll beat Manchester United just about. I think they have it. They just have enough in it. The reason I picked Paris Saint-Germain in this, at this point is because... As you said, they've lost Neymar, they've lost Thomas Meunier. Well, they've, they've lost, lost so many players, yeah. Verratti uh, looks Ferrari, like he won't at least play the 90 minutes. He might they don't start. have a holding midfielder. He's not playing... Throw any midfielders, really. Yeah, it's really... It's just like Rabio. who knows what that is. He's been exiled on. from the club, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nkunku has not been given much starts. So you're looking at a, at a, a rusty midfield, but then you always have to look at Gian, Gianluigi, Gianluigi Buffon. Who's never won the Champions League. He's never won the Champions League. And he might even play. But he's got huge experience. He knows how to play these big matches. He can can help the likes of Thomas Tuchel, who doesn't have experience in these matches, the manager. But I think this could free up Thomas Tuchel having all those injuries. He gets to experiment with this. He gets to play high-tempo football without having the players answer back to him. The likes of Neymar. I don't think any of the players left, or Cavani for that matter, senior players in the squad. There's very few of them left. Angel Di Maria, you know, he's been playing the best form of his career since he left Real Madrid, which is... You know, not saying and against a former club, as against well. a former club, a club he doesn't like, and a club that doesn't like him really. From yeah, I, I don't expect a, have been correct. Like. Don't expect a good uh, reception for him at Old Trafford. But I at think all. this could open up PSG to be the most impressive that they've been all season. Now I could be completely wrong, and they could throw exactly what they did last year against Real Madrid, and exactly what they did against Barcelona. Yeah, before. they were so meek the last two years. But like. this Mar- this Man United team has been riding a crest of a wave of positivity without having to face teams in form either in form or knowing how to play against an actual you know having a team set out against them that is like set out to shut them down and to outplay them they haven't faced that like Solskjaer has not faced that yet and this is his first real test of doing that it's the first game at Old Trafford first game is at Old Trafford you yeah. see that is an advantage for him because you know there's there's a theatre of dreams and there's 80,000 people yeah it should be him. a very good atmosphere on Tuesday night so it's yet to be seen what happened but then Kylian Mbappe is there this could be this could be, although Ronaldo was already a World Cup winner, although Mbappe is a World Cup winner, in Ronaldo in 2003 for Real Madrid, when he just completely... Scored a hat-trick. Scored a hat-trick. Destroyed, absolutely destroyed Manchester United. In the game, they ended up losing, I think, Real Madrid uh, on... 4-3, yeah. They yeah. just had 1-3-1 in the first leg. So, so it didn't matter in yeah. the end. But, you know, it was an amazing performance. The, Old Trafford from, gave Ronaldo a standing ovation. Yeah, which, it was an amazing performance for yeah, Ronaldo. They, they don't do that often. And that could be their... This is like made from Mbappe to almost be the same type of thing. A, a completely different stage of his career, obviously. But it just feels that way. Because Mbappe was the only... If you remember last season's throw, Mbappe was the only player who really... 
even though he didn't like cover himself in glory, Zuno that was really like ha- showed he had heart in that match. Tried, tried so hard, was so frustrated when things weren't working out. While the rest of his team was being petching them, while Danny Alves was passing the ball away to give away goals, while you know other players were sulking, he was still trying, trying to give his best, and I think that could be key to eventually outdoing Manchester United. In this but United ultimately, affair. you don't see them getting to semi final or final. No. I don't. I I think they're they they still show up to be weaker than the remaining teams in the competition at that stage. And who's your number five then? Number five, I Borussia Dortmund. Who it's it's a close call between them and PSG, but just because they're not Paris Saint Germain, they don't have that His choker, baggage. Yeah, that baggage of the you know not being good enough. And at that point, you'd expect Neymar and others to be back, and maybe that will hamstring them at that point. That they the the occasion become too big for them. They won't be able to play their own type of football that they want to play, and they'll kind of let everyone down. The way that they did say when they played Liverpool at Anfield, or the way you know they were terrible against Napoli home in a way. To be honest, they got draws, but Napoli were the better side. For yeah, three more, of the four halves that they played. Yeah, there. it was more just hanging on, like the defenders hanging the other end of the field and play long balls in a four-two-four type of formation. Uh, that's who I'd have Dortmund just ahead of them for the reasons we discussed earlier. They're young, exciting. They have pace. They probably will focus on the league, but if they get to a quarter-final stage, I don't see many teams beating them. I don't see PSG beating them. I don't see Ajax beating them. I don't see Roma beating them. And for that reason, I would put them in fifth place. Uh, okay, that's quite interesting. Uh, I have Bayern Munich at number eight. I just, I don't. You don't think Nico Kovac no. doesn't know what he's doing? Yeah, they've just been so uninspiring this Robin year. And Robin and Frank Ribery will come back and rescue them once again. I think experience might get them to a semi-final or a final. <laughs> to a semi-final or a final. <laughs> Maybe not a final, but certainly a, like a semi-final. But no. again, I, I just don't think they'll beat Liverpool. Uh, but if the, if they do, I can see them getting to a semi final. But I, I I can't see them winning it this year. Not when they've been better over more recent years and not been able to do it. Mm. Uh, number seven, I have PSG. Who you know they they it's a very fifty fifty tie between Man United and PSG. I'm not quite sure who's going to win that one. Uh, I'm a little less certain on PSG than you are in that tie. I just. I think without those key players, they will struggle. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that's to be. It is a very close call. Yeah, with them. definitely. Even and not, but I feel this. It would probably would have been close if Neymar was playing and everything. But the way that like Paris this season have shown that they can turn on the style when they like at times. I don't think they can do it when they want, but they have just absolutely decimated teams in an attacking way. And you're up against Phil Jones, Chris Smalling. Yeah. You know, you're you you have a chance against those players if you have you know the firepower of. Kylian Mbappe for instance yeah I had the thought the other day of Kylian Mbappe against Luke Shaw is going to be a bit of a bloodbath but uh, we shall see yeah. uh, but PSG like again over the re- recent years as well they have that baggage that if they do get ahead of Manchester United I don't see them winning any quarterfinal unless they got one of Roma and Porto which I will say for every team uh, unless Schalke managed to fluke their way past Manchester City uh, which <laughs> I, don't, I see I don't is, see that happening there's like a 5% chance I see of Schalke getting past I Man City I that much uh, I'm just being fair to them at this point. That's uh, not being fair. I think that's being generous. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But P- yeah, PSG like the six one is probably the most pathetic defeat in at least recent Champions League history. No, no, no. Arsenal, Bayern Munich at the Emirates. Mesut also playing centre back five one. The fight. Uh, I'd still ten, have ten two in aggregate, wasn't it? There was nothing for Arsenal to play for though in that one. Like they they, they were down five one from the first leg. The first leg was just I kind of know, a free. It was really appalling. 
It it was obviously appalling, but it, it, that was because like Lauren Koscielny went off at half time. They did actually have a very good first half in that match. They did. PSG were completely dreadful. Were four 0 up going into the match, <laughs> and were just com- yeah, completely you, collapsed. Like Liverpool semi final against Roma last season was almost exactly the same as that when you think about it. It finished the same result, but or it was six five instead of seven six. Uh, yeah. But I just thought it was so pathetic that yeah. I just it, it'll live long in Jared my memory. Jared what a fan. Yeah. Uh, and then last year against Real Madrid, they were so meek. Even like, oh, yeah, yeah. even when they had Neymar on the pitch for the first leg, they were not impressive at all. And then when they lost in the second leg, yeah, they were like, even worse. I think that was a problem. I think it's because they had Neymar. It was um, that's why I think this. They but like they were advantage. even worse without him in the second leg. Yeah, but and then Verratti getting sent off. Yeah, but they lost. They lost their heads entirely. Yeah, Danny Alves, if you remember, just passed the ball to a goal. Yeah, he got nutmegged for one of the goals. Oh, as well. it was just really awful, bad. and he started being petulant after a while. Yeah, it was just. It was terrible. Uh, number six, I have Liverpool, who I think will probably beat Bayern Munich and then yeah. will probably focus on the league. I don't know. Like I think the Champions they, League will be the... They're, I think they're more likely to win the Champions League if they were to pick one and go for it and drop the other. Their goal difference to top the league with a game in hand. Uh, well, they're three points off Man City. Are they three points off Well, because Man City have played the game in er, Maybe they are, level, no, on they are level on points. Yeah, they are level on points. Sorry about that. Man City have ten, ten better goals. Yeah, thanks to Chelsea. Um, just Chelsea yeah what a result double hat tricks (laughs) you'll get it one day Um, but yeah Liverpool I think will focus on the league like they have a good like obviously they got to the final last year yeah Uh, we're very impressed they have a better team this year yeah they they definitely are a better team this year I think the field is a little weaker around them this year as well perhaps but I think the league is just the 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 be all and end all for Liverpool, and that that will be the focus ultimately. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, and then number five, I have Man United. Who I think momentum could really swing As their way. As a number five, I think momentum could really swing their Manchester way. Manchester United are a team with David de Gea, who's had an indifferent last two years, who has cost his country and his club multiple matches at this point. I would say his club. I think he has. You have Chris Smalling, Luke Shaw, Phil Jones. Yeah, well, Lindelof. Chris Smalling, Phil Jones probably won't play on in the Champions I, League. I don't. Ashley Young. Ashley Young, yeah, poor, not a great player. They have no midfield outside of Paul Pogba. What was Chelsea's side in two thousand twelve? Because I feel like it's very much in that vein. They had Frank Lampard. They had Didier Drogba. They had Petr Cech. They had John Terry. Liverpool in two thousand five. <laughs> Uh, they had Stephen Gerrard just Stephen Gerrard Jamie Carragher uh, Diddy Hamman Diddy yeah. Hamman was Paul, Harry Kuehl Paul Pogba's there Marcus Rashford's in the form of his life as is well, Martial Martial yeah, I but, think it's very much a momentum it's because it's, if, if you have two of the quickest players in the league who are, who are proven to be two of the best finishers in the league yeah, in Marcus Rashford plenty and Anthony Martial over the top and you just Throw balls at them, long balls. Pog was very good at doing that. Yeah, and just do that over and over again against and a team. And that's how they win. A team that's conceded is on course to concede a hundred goals this season. No, well, they've not just done it against Fulham. Yeah, but they've more like they they've scored two types of goals since uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has t- taken over. A long ball over the top yeah. on a counter attack. But they they keep doing or it. Or a penalty. They, but they keep doing it. <laughs> Yeah, but th- that's against te- as we as I said earlier when we. When yeah, I but they're more Manchester likely United. to be playing counter-attacking teams against good sides than they are against yeah, Fulham. But good sides are actually going to set up well against them. And you'd be surprised though. You'd be surprised well, what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can do. The well, man no, because... attended Leon PSG. PSG lost. Neymar got injured. Cavani is getting injured. He attended Manchester City against Chelsea. Chelsea lost six 0 This man has magical powers. I I am not entirely sure about that because I think. 
you are overhyping and overrating this Manchester you United just side gotta, to the You max. just got to believe in Paul Pogba to be able to do his I think, thing. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, 20-year anniversary of the treble. Solskjaer has won it. Write, it, write the name on the trophy now. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that. And I think any quarter-finalist would love Manchester United. Except for maybe Porto and Roma. Ex- well, no, Roma, you know, they have that history. It's Manchester United. They have the time. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I think any team would fancy themselves. Oh, against yeah, Manchester any United team. Side. But This Man- is the Europa League team, like. But Man United will fancy themselves against anyone as well. No, they won't. Yeah, they will. Manchester United would be destroyed by any of the top teams. I, the top three teams, I think, Manchester would destroy Manchester that United. That doesn't... As well yeah, but that as doesn't, some of the that teams... That doesn't I've disregard left. my po- my point. <laughs> I said Manchester United will fancy themselves against They could fancy side. themselves against a chicken. It doesn't mean it's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah, that's my point. They, they'll still fancy okay, themselves. Okay, okay. So give me your number four there. Okay, number four, I have it's Liverpool. Okay. They've won the, they, they didn't win the Champions League. They got to the final last year. There, I fancied like this is one of the last 50 50 one I have. I, I'm pretty sure they'll win against Bayern because of the reasons I've said about Bayern. But I, you know, and I think they're they have the experience and they have a stronger squad and stronger team than they did last season when they got to the final. They've removed the deficiencies in defense and goalkeeping that they had last season. Loris Carius isn't there to throw a few in anymore. George <laughs> Van Dijk is there to marshal the defense through the latter stages again but he also has help this time and you'd expect he will be out of the first leg as well yeah but that's I'm not talking about that yeah. I'm talking about later on yeah, in the no, tournament. I, I like, get what you mean I'm Joe Gomez saying. could be back by later on in the tournament Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain might be back later he, on he could be as well by the time the semi-finals come around if they were to get that far and I think they would beat they've beaten PSG already this year although they did also lose them but I, I wouldn't you know that was a weird time of the season for Liverpool probably their worst form of the season was around those couple of Champions League ties against Red Star and Paris Saint-Germain. Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, I think they would do Ajax. I think they would do Dortmund for reasons Dortmund probably focus on the league at that point. And I think they'd only really fall at the bigger sides that I've left in my top three. I really hope they draw Dortmund in the quarterfinals. The, the, the focusing on the league derby. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to win it. You win it. No, no, uh, you. you. You go to the semi. Yeah. Uh, in number three then, I have Manchester City. They just won 6-0 against Chelsea. They're very impressive. Uh, Pep Guardiola has the pedigree in the Champions League he's won it twice he's won it twice he's been to I don't even know how many exactly and is it probably seven or eight semi-finals yeah including the two he won is probably six I'd say yeah it's only six he uh, was at it every season of, yeah at every Barcelona, season of Barcelona so that's and every season of Bayern that's seven or except for one he got locked off in the quarters by Atletico was that a quarter or was that yeah. a semi no it was a quarter was that not how Atletico got to the final that was, a, no, that was a different final that was two different Atletico finals oh was it yeah uh, okay, so that's six then. Yeah, four plus so, two. Yeah, so he's not done. He's not done. No, he was quarterfinal last year against. Yeah, uh, Liverpool. so yeah, but Man City are like they're one of the best working teams in in Europe at the moment. They're free scoring. I expect them to easily beat pusher side Schalke. I'd expect them to probably beat whoever they get in the quarterfinals. Barts, one of the top two teams that I have ahead of them. The, yeah. If they draw them, then maybe things will be different. But ahead of them, then in second place, I have Juventus, who are. You know, the old lady of Italy, they are a bit different from last season. Again, uh, Maximo Allegri has rebuilt that Juventus side, changed the way they play. The fifth different time or something like that. He's brought back in Benucci. He has young players playing as well in midfield and attack, and I can't think of their names right now, but they, they you know, they coordinate with Ronaldo. He has Cristiano Ronaldo up front, who's just scored his 18th, I believe, league goal this season. Knocked out Sammy Kadira. Knocked out Sammy Kadira with a volley for no apparent reason. Uh, you know, the... I think Juventus are there. They have the they have the pedigree. They have the experience. They have Ronaldo now. Is he the finishing touch on a Champions League winning side? 
we'll see. It depends on what they draw and who they play and how they play against the, the, these teams that they've left. But I'd have them as number two rank at the moment. And then drum roll for the one that we should all have been able to figure out by now who's left. Number one is Barcelona because it's not because they're an outstanding team. They're not. They're not. They're not Pep team. They're not even a Luis Enrique that the squad and strength that that team had. But they have Messi who's scoring or assisting in every game other than a couple of games this season. Four, I think. Is yeah, the, and most and some of those are subs appearance that he just came on late and just didn't get anything like against Real Madrid the last day he only came on late and you know, if he'd started from the start maybe things would have been different in that match. But the and that was including Cup and Champions League matches, by the way. That that stat that he scored or assisted in every game this season. He's just still on another level. Rakitic is on his way out of the club. He has one last hurrah. There's a few other players like that in the club that may be leaving this summer. He likes the Jordi Alba, likes the Jared Piquet. Uh, Artur Vidal has never won it. Is this his year? Artur Vidal. Busquets is still... like They still have that old... The core of those old players are still there. They're still doing stuff. Luis Suarez could be nearing the end of his time in Barcelona as well. Jordi Alba is in good form. Yeah, but they're all kind of still pulling for it. They're all top of the league in Spain. They were impressive. Like they didn't barely broke a sweat and were outplaying teams in the in the not in the group stages. I'd be very interested to see how they go about the knockout stages. Whether it will be like last season, because last season was the same. They won the league easily in Spain in the end last season, and then got knocked out by Roma just playing just poor football until the players kicked into gear near the end of that tie against Roma and actually started playing a bit of football. But at the moment, they just have everything. They're not in as much of a dysfunctional state as the likes of Real Madrid. They are in transition, but they're not screwed up like Real Madrid. And, you know, Juventus, you're looking at Juventus, they're a better team maybe as a, a functional unit. They play a more cohesive style of football than uh, Valverde has Barcelona playing, but they don't have Lionel Messi. And that's the difference, I think. That's the difference between Barcelona being first in this list and Barcelona probably being eighth or ninth in this list. Uh, so Barcelona win the Champions League then for you, Andrew? Depending on the draw, I do, I'm not necessarily saying they're going to win the Champions League for definite, but I'll give them the, the they'd be the best ranked team in it at the moment. Uh, so uh, I've actually got a pretty similar top four. Uh, the only thing that's different is I have Real Madrid at number four, which is simply down to the fact that they've won four out of the last yeah, five. They yeah. just they just keep doing it. Like, we keep writing them off, it's and then they keep defying yeah, all the odds. It's hard to bet against them, despite them this being like they don't have a manager. There's infighting in the squad. Yeah, it they've makes been no bad sense. Four ball season. They can't score any goals. Players seem to hate each other. Fans seem to hate a lot of the players. The fan of the stadium is pretty empty this season. Yes, yeah. they're only and I half don't see them, it. I don't see them filling it out for Ajax either. Well, I see. I think in the champ, maybe in the later stages of Champions League, they'll they'll be filling it, but maybe not against Ajax. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that might be the latest stage of the Champions League for Real Madrid. Like it's been probably near ten years since Mourinho was there that they haven't got out of this stage. Of the yeah, because they they were in a rut there after yeah. winning at the Zidane final. Ever after two thousand two until yeah. two thousand and ten or eleven, they didn't. Get yeah, out of whenever that. Mourinho came, two thousand ten. Well, it was Mourinho. after that because two thousand three they beat Man United in two thousand three. Yeah, it was about two thousand four to two thousand ten. It was about six years in a row. Like they lost to Leon, they lost. I think they lost to Leon a few times. I they think they lost, Arsenal, to they lost to Milan. Milan, like they they just were continuously getting. They were kind of where Arsenal were when they just before yep. they stopped qualifying. So like every year, last sixteen. Maybe yeah, maybe that maybe that makes a comeback. I think it I could surge again because they are they're elderly. If you can call a football team elderly, you can. They are elderly. Like Tony Cross looks like a man of forty, not a man of. He's not that old at all. He's like 29 or 28. Yeah, he's just been kind of around a while. Yeah, and he's just looking tired and spent. Yeah, as I said, we talked about the fullbacks earlier on and their issues. Marcelo might not even play. Exactly. The goalkeeper issue, you don't know what's happening there. And, 
neither has been up to scratch really this season and the, the, you don't know what style of football they're playing he's still maintaining with Benzema up front goes I don't know is he in or out of the teams he, it's, out no I know but it's like why like you, there's no you don't know what's going on with the, the team they're playing maybe that's going to be good for, for them against opponents because the opponents won't know what they're going to play but I think the team doesn't know what they're going to play and I think that's they, they have a few bits of spark a bit of life about them they have the likes of Gareth Bale getting on the end of stuff and scoring goals, which is very important for them. Benzema still showing that old class at times. but And as we said, Vinicius Jr. has that like a bit of unpredictability about him, but just shut those guys down and there's nothing left. Uh, and then my top three is the exact same as yours. Like I think Manchester City, I think if, if you had the same manager, same players, but just all in a different jersey, yeah. I'd probably actually have them as number one. Why? Would just because I think, be I think it's just there's that baggage with Man City who have that. Uh, they're, they're, they're not a young team at all. But no, but too- no, it's the fact that like there's no history there. The stadium is empty a lot of the times for Premier League matches relative to other teams in the competition yeah. they, like they just the club don't care for it that much obviously the players well, the care, care. The, the players the care the cares. manager cares a lot Pep really wants no, to win no but there's this. just I, I don't know you, you, I think it's a vocal minority it's, a, it's, it's like the it's, UA, like the Champions League music gets booed at the Etihad like I yeah, just think the love affair minority. is there it's a local minority. It is bizarre the way they treat the Champions League. With like I think the I think the home like being having a good atmosphere and having a good home stadium matters in the Champions League because you need that extra boost. Like look at Anfield mm. last year. Like Vincent Company talked about being afraid when he was in the dressing room at Anfield yeah. last season. He shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no player is going to the Etihad thinking, "Oh man, this is a loud crowd." Timo Werner is not covering his ears going to the Etihad. Like yeah, but it doesn't matter. The like, shit like, I think it plays. Not, an ex- I like think it plays. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Monaco. Yeah, but Monaco... You it's saw multiple the, finals. Yeah, but you saw the same kind of thing with Monaco. I think it matters with uh, Manchester City. I think as well, just with, that's not the only factor. Like, I did, it was too still on third. I think they can ultimately get over that for the likes of Schalke or, you know, Porto or Brucey Dortmund or something like that. But I think when it comes down to Barcelona or something, when they meet them, it'll play a factor. But I think as well, like, Pep Guardiola's away form in the Champions League has been dire since Bar- Barcelona, like... He's lost. What well, he lost to, I think it's the majority of away matches he's had against a team of a similar level. Like that. Well, I, yeah, and you're talking about knockout rounds. But yeah, at the same time, it's pretty dire. Yeah, but you're looking at it the wrong way because they're playing those away matches first. No, no, it's, no? you're drawn in the quarterfinal, semifinal. You're, yeah. just, you're getting drawn. You're home and away either way. Yeah, but they tend to like he tends to get. To, you're 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 doing him disservice because he tends to get to semifinals. Yeah, but he still he gets to the semifinals. But his last final was 2011 with the, the one of the great teams yeah, to yeah, ever true, played. True. Like he's he he hasn't done it with Bayern Munich, a side that was just off the back of a treble. Yeah. With under Yapankes, I think that was very disappointing for him and for viewers I yeah think. but he came up against this Real Madrid team that can't be beaten yeah but they lost 4-0 to <laughs> yeah, Real Madrid yeah, at, one, at one point at home yeah so like that that just goes to show what can happen to Pep Guardiola I think as I said leagues just suit him the consistency and the the logic of a league makes more sense for Pep Guardiola it's easier for him to win even yeah. though it technically should be harder because there's more matches yeah uh, I think it's just over the course of two matches a team can do City like even Leon in the group stages did them yeah, yeah, no, I see where you're coming from, but I just disagree that it's because of their Man City. That's why you should discount them. The same I'd, I'd still probably have them up. second. 
I wouldn't. I still wouldn't put them first. I probably have them second. No, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, number two. Then. Number two then is you. They just. I think they would be my number one, but for the fact that they lost at home to Jose Mourinho's Manchester United. I think that was a complete fluke. It was. It was like you really let that happen. You really yeah, let that yeah. team beat you. Yeah, at I home. know, and it does. It does raise. I have other concerns about Juventus. That I, I do as well. They don't but... create enough chances in matches, even if they, like they sacrifice so much to get Ronaldo into that team. They sacrificed another rebuild for that side. Like they could have bought a considerable number of players for the wages, salaries and transfer fee that was associated with Ronaldo. But they wanted to buy him to be seen as being in the top ranking. But as well clubs. with Ronaldo, like if Real Madrid don't have Ronaldo for the last five years, they don't come close to the final. Like he's Probably so not, crucial. No. Yeah. Both Juve and Ronaldo come right into form at this time of season. Yeah. Like they, they've been kind of hit or miss in the league. They continue winning, but they are not playing well. Yeah. Uh, they nearly lost to Lazio a week or so ago, managed a, a late comeback there. They're just grinding out victories in a way that Juve generally do at the start of the season under Allegri. Yeah. And over the next few weeks, I think they'll start really clicking. They'll really come into form. The defence will get even tighter at the back because Benucci, Chiellini, I think they have that time back together now that they're back in sync with each other. Uh, I think that I they'll. I, I, I think know. they'll get past Atletico just because I think Atletico issues at the moment. I think Atletico yeah. peaked under Simeone, and I think even though the finals are on the Wanda Metropolitana, which I think is uh, an added incentive for Atletico to keep going for the Champions League. Obviously, they would love to win the Champions League, but yeah. to win it at home is even better. Um, but they lost at the Bernabeu. Yeah, they, they did. Was it that? No, it was. Uh, did they not lose at the Bernabeu? No, last time it was in the Bernabeu was two thousand ten. Oh, okay. They lost to Milan and Lisbon. Uh, oh, yeah. maybe it just felt like the Bernabeu. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that says more about Atletico Madrid fans. Yeah. Uh, so I think Juve can take on anyone on their day. Like, uh, you know, they obviously have a rock solid defense. They have Ronaldo up front, who's the ultimate Champions League goal scoring machine. Yeah, he seems he seems that way. So I think even with a few weaknesses, even with a few flaws, there, I think they're they're enough to be the second best team in the competition. Okay. And, and then, then Barcelona up top, just because. So why Messi. do you think Bar- just Messi? What was it? I think it was this time last year. He was Pep Guardiola was asked about uh, who the favorites are for the Champions League, and he just goes Messi. Yeah. He just said Barcelona. Who, who's he, Messi playing? He, for? Yeah. Who's yeah, Messi same. playing for? That was the question. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Barcelona. You know, they have more flaws than any of the other top teams. Yeah. I think easily. Maybe Real Madrid. If Messi got injured, like in the morning. Oh yeah. Then Barcelona. You're looking like oh my god, Barcelona would be. I, I would expect if, eight or nine if, me, if Messi was not there if he broke his leg in the morning or if they're playing currently as record for all we know he has already broken his leg and he's out of the rest of the season yeah. I would have Leon to be Barcelona I'd go that far I wouldn't go that far because it's still, it's still Barcelona but yeah I can see where I can see where you're coming from and as that. well like they like they they have a real issue at the quarterfinal stage now but they won in 2015 but since they won in 2011, I think they've only gotten to two semi-finals. Yeah, but that I you can read too much into statistics like that. That's that's just because it's a, it, it starts to weigh on the mind. Like it's it a lot like, of those players are there over the course. Yeah, of that but seven I don't years. think like you have this. You think that the PSG players have the same kind of complex? I don't think they do. No, I think I think history does play a part in how future seasons are decided. Recent history is decided. Uh, plays I don't into know. It. I like don't know. I think that was part of why Arsenal just couldn't get past the last sixteen when they came oh, up against a side like they, Monaco. Yeah, but then turns out that was the beginnings of the Monaco team. No, but that was a Monaco side that still... It had it all did, those young players. It didn't have Falcao, it didn't have Mbappe. Like no. They were playing Dimitar Berbatov up front. Yeah, they were playing, great player. 
great player in his day, not great player at the time. Like that's the fastest I've ever seen Jim Terry Berbatov run. No, but like a lot of those players turned like Fabinho was scored in one of those matches, I believe. And yeah, but I just think that that they should have beaten that Monaco. Like they, yeah. they went on away goals, I think. In that, yeah, didn't they, they did. Yeah, uh, and then Bayern Munich the year out. Like I think the Bayern Munich thing really came down to like oh they've just lost 5-1 their heads just drop because the yeah, deja vu you're getting away from the point I don't think I, I just disagree I don't think that plays that much of a I don't think footballers think that deeply about it I think fans might and I think that you might want trying to get the angle on, on like oh this is going to happen or this happens but trying to explain even, why a result happens but it's cup football it depends who you draw it depends on the night and it depends on so many different circumstances yeah obviously Barcelona I don't draw, think it's a UA psychological in the, in the quarterfinal yeah, it's not a psychological block. It's you look who Barcelona have drawn. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a block, but I'm saying it, it plays on the players' minds in a way. Oh, I don't think it does. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Okay, so both we're both in agreement. Yeah, though. Barcelona. Barcelona. Barcelona with Messi. It's There are reports last week that UEFA were considering scrapping the away goal rule. Initially introduced to the Cup Winners' Cup in 1965 and eventually the European Cup a few years later, the rule is in place ever since. It appears that it shall remain in place, but this, the discussion has got us thinking. Is the rule archaic and arbitrary, or is it still useful in the modern game? I think it's completely archaic and arbitrary. I think it's it's one of those rules they brought in at a time where they weren't really sure what to do. About there's no such thing as extra time and penalties, is of course, at the time. Well, they just kept playing matches and kept playing replays, and they'd eventually decide something on a toss of a coin or do something like that. Yeah, toss of a coin. The rules are still very much up in flux, and since then, I think the rules have become a lot more defined. Yeah, and away goals, like you can you can say, oh, it's hard to score. It reminds me of something that everyone hates and everyone does not want and then you say oh I'll take it away and like no no don't take this away don't take this away I want to keep this and like well why do you want to keep it oh because we know it's what I know it's what I you know cherish it's like if you wanted to get rid of goal difference or if you wanted to bring in three points for a win which they did to try and encourage goal scoring it kind of did kind of didn't or bring in the pass back rule it's it's adjusting the rules of the game to try and make it better and I don't think having the away goals as it stands makes football better I think it makes teams more cautious I think it makes I, I think it makes like for horrible feelings in matches when a team scores an away goal and you feel oh we have to get two goals now or whatever permutation of numbers you'd have to get to win it, it kind of ruins a lot of fun sometimes and you're like oh I won't go to extra time now and I know there's other things in motion as well to try and get rid of extra time the way they have done it in uh, the, the League, League Cup. Cup in England where the, it just goes straight to a penalty shootout after 90 minutes which I'm not necessarily necessarily against and then people say oh it's terrible having matches decided by penalties and like well it's one of the best things they've ever come up with in football. For the, It makes football really exciting in a way that it's not exciting in a lot of other ways. It's the criticism going back to the Simpsons when they go to see a, a soccer match on the Simpsons and everyone just passes the ball to each other and it ends nil all or zero zero and everyone goes, oh, that was boring because there was no scoring and nothing happened. Penalties brings excitement. It brings, you know, memories. It does also bring awful sorrow, but someone always has to lose. There is always losers, even if a match finishes oh two all and one team goes through and away goals. Is that worse overall than a player missing a penalty? See, For the fans involved, it isn't. It's the same thing. Or in fact, losing on penalties, you're like, oh, we didn't really lose. We only lost some penalties. It actually gives them a way out and it gives a benefit to that team. While the team that wins on penalties is elated, even though they could have been on penalties because they played terribly and they really should have won it in normal time. The, like These are things that would come into play a lot more if the away goal 
rule was got rid of. In modern football, there isn't a way go rule for league matches. And there's teams, like, look at the Russian Premier League where you have to play across thousands of miles. You don't get an extra point or extra give if you score, if you play in Anzi and you're coming from St. Petersburg. You know, you, you don't get anything, you don't get any benefit for it. Yet it was sim- something similar, if not worse. And it's the same if you're, you know, there's such, well, how would you say it? There's such uh, homogenization of football now that if you're playing in Lyon against Barcelona or playing in Barcelona against Barcelona, it's going to feel almost exactly the same. You have people screaming at you in different languages. And if you're a good enough professional footballer, that shouldn't affect you any which way at all because you can either cope with it or you can tune it out because they're the two main strategies professional athletes use when there's crowds involved and it you know it shouldn't make any difference to your performance yes it does maybe it makes difference to the way you prepare or anything like that but as i said before in every other tournament that there is outside of international uh playoffs and the european club competition and other global club competitions in knockout stages there is no such thing as no way go it is a complete fact factitious thing that was invented in the 1960s for no reason See, some sometimes on this show I like to play devil's advocate. Yeah. When you know, just to create a bit of discussion. This is not one of those times. I completely disagree with you. Okay. I I love away goals. Sometimes it can feel a little it's awful. unfair when a team loses. Like it's a p- terrible feeling when your team loses on away goals. Yeah. But you know, going in, away goal rules exist. It's not coming out of you out of nowhere. It's not a huge surprise. Well, oh no, away goal rules is all of a sudden being used. You know, it exists. So both teams going into the match know it exists. So it's not really more unfair or less unfair than penalty shootouts. Because we both know penalty shootouts exist as well. We know they're coming. So I don't. I think the unfairness argument that people have made, not necessarily you've made, I think is ridiculous. I don't, I think, I don't think that matters. Uh, sport is unfair. Life is unfair. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, get over it. And then <laughs> the away goals rule is a parable about life. Yeah, exactly. I think... Can't win, don't try. In... First of all, extra time, rarely interesting. I think no, the extra true. 30 minutes, both teams are both tired. Both it's not teams, about interest. Both teams so are fairness. just like, both teams are always just like, yeah, I'll take penalties yeah, now. Yeah. I'm getting ready for penalties. Oh, players coming on for me to take a penalty because I'm useless at penalties. Oh, yeah, I'm crap. You know, that's just, extra time is rarely interesting. And then sometimes it is interesting, but it ends up just being like, why didn't this happen in the 90 minutes? It's, it's rarely a case where a match is like, oh my god there's loads of goals and I don't want it to end great we're going to extra time that never happens no and even when a match is like oh great we get extra time it peters out because the, yeah. the break Generally, yeah. the break ruins the momentum and slows it down so I, I just like extra time I'd actually rather just cut out extra time and went straight to penalties because yeah. I do like penalties yeah. don't get me wrong I love a good penalty shootout but the thing with the away goals rule is it it's unique you never get this instant in football where a team is all of us losing and then all of a sudden winning. You don't get that in league football. You don't get that in finals. You don't get that anywhere else. You don't get it in the World Cup. You don't get it unless, Blackbird of course... Rovers against uh, Liverpool. In yeah, on the final day of the season, you might get it. Oh, you need a point to win the league or whatever. And you, they lost, so they get, Liverpool yeah. got scored. And they were like, way! <laughs> no, that's a very unique yeah. league situation. Uh, but just look at the Roma-Barcelona match. Obviously, we use the interstitial there quite a lot, the Peter Jury, because we love Peter Jury here on the show. Yes. Uh, but Manolas scores that goal. Roma go from getting knocked out to knocking out Barcelona. It's a yeah. it's a huge moment of ecstasy. It's not, great, we've gone level, grab the ball, go back to the centre circle, and let's go for another 30 minutes. Yeah. But like, I always just thought that, like, the, the idea of that happening constantly is a little annoying. 
the only reason I would prefer them going extra time more is I might get to watch more of it because we miss some of it because we play football on Wednesdays. That, that would be <laughs> the only reason. That's such a, that's I such might a catch some of it, which is a pure individual case. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So I think I think away goals can be absolutely fantastic. Obviously, it's gooding when your te- team loses on away goals, but it's gooding when they lose on penalties. It's gooding when they lose. Yeah, but the, I just the away goals. It it serves like the original purpose of the away uh, goals. Yeah, I know. I get the original purpose, but I the, we're past that. Fifty years have passed. Yeah, original, exactly. Forget about it's the a original completely purpose. Antiqu- antiquated they rule. fell into a great so, idea. It's not a great idea. It is, and they should stick with it. And I'm glad that they are seemingly sticking with it. It's just, I think it's, I think it's terrible. I think you have other, be- you've, there's already so many advantages to different, you know, the seeding, and you get to choose which side goes, like tie goes first. If you win a group, you go away second, home, no, home second, away first, isn't it? Yeah. And that tends to be if you're t- if you're a higher higher seated in a draw you tend to get that result all the way yeah but you hate seated draws I do hate it but I'm saying these are things that exist and away goals is just something that makes things worse because it it rewards negative football I don't think it necessarily rewards I think it does I think it does the opposite of what it's intended to do it discourages teams from playing when they're away from home and when they're at home to be ultra conservative so they don't concede an away goal yeah but look at what's happened over the course of the last three seasons I think maybe ten years ago it did but I think that happens less so now but I think think defending has has just lost a lot of what it's about in the last year and that has hidden the facts that just teams aren't very good but if away goals defending for away goals was still the optimum way to win a tie then we would still see that but managers but the majority have decided of teams set out like that no but the, the majority of teams now are like okay let's go get an away goal let's go get uh-huh. two away goals and have a nice comfortable cushion like over the last three last over the last three seasons or two seasons now, I can't remember we've seen like the PSG Barcelona match be crazy we've seen Roma Liverpool we've seen Manchester City Monaco we've seen Real Madrid Juventus yeah, we've seen Bayern Munich Real Madrid twice yeah, but be who, mental who was yeah but at each of those occasions there were away goals in yeah, all of those but matches. you know why those were so many away goals you've just made my point for me it wasn't just that like having a having to score away goals makes you more adventurous away from home it does but then it makes the home team just shut down entirely. Every one of those matches involved home teams trying to be conservative Not in their play. Not City Monaco. It was five three in the first leg. There. Yeah, but it's because they had to, they were trying to be conservative early on, and the, the match changed scope very quickly, and they adjusted to it. But the, like that being an outlier, and I still think the home side was conservative in those matches. Real Madrid against Juve. Real Madrid scored three. Exactly. Three nil up. Exactly. But again, Juve shut played down. conservative football. Completely shut down. The home team shut down in these. But games. It, it caused the second leg then for Juve to go at Real Madrid and in Real Madrid that, shut down no but Real, you they don't normally go at teams uh, they would have played if that finished nil nil in the first leg they would have played conservatively in the perhaps, second leg we can't, we can't say that but what we can say is that definitely there was the, having the away goals forced the home team to play more conservative yeah but if say for the sake of the argument there were no away goals and Real Madrid scored the first goal and they only go one nil up you they probably accept that and go okay we're one nil down. We we can take but that to the burnabout. No, but the because there were away goals, they were like, "Oh no! Now we're gonna need to score twice, twice or we're gonna yeah. need something." So they went out and but started the, playing. It's, it's it's at the it's at loss of the standard rules of engagement of the sport. You've standard rules of engagement. Okay, you score one, we score one. We're at level. It goes against that entirely. Yeah, it's unique. I I gave I gave that argument. I love the idea of of uh, a goal swinging it one way from defeat to it's another. Mathemat- it doesn't make mathematical sense. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it you does. were saying well, it doesn't make any sense. You go, oh, one all, and then one team goes through because well, they scored a goal. But if in, it's 
they scored a goal in Sevilla instead of scoring a goal in Paris. Yeah, but so it, they go through. It makes mathematical sense because one is greater than the zero that you got in the other leg. If it was 1-1 on aggregate over two legs, then it means either it was 1-0 in both matches and it went to extra time, or it was 0-0-1 and 1-1 and another. And the one you got away is greater than the one the zero the other team got away. Both teams have the 90 minutes to get away goals. They both know the rules exist. Yeah, but I... I it I, makes mathematical I sense. I disagree. I disagree. I think it's archaic. I, they, I don't think they have the... They don't have the gumption to get rid of this rule. I think it's just all hearsay and talk to keep people like me happy who want to see the back of this. But there's a lot of people like you out there who are fearful of change. Those who are right. And they do not. They they'll complain about it at times, but then when the push comes to shove, they won't change anything. And that's what that's what the majority will win out in this. I'd say. Yeah, you know, we're on the right side of history here. Those who agree with me, uh, uh, listeners, if you have any thoughts on this, this is a very divisive topic here, uh, in our studio here. So, yes. uh, <laughs> so if you have any thoughts, email us in. I'd be interested to see some other viewpoints. It was interesting because there was a Twitter thread that went up of someone defending away goals rule, and then immediately Jonathan Wilson. Wrote an article against it, yeah. so a nice little. Uh, but that's what I think. But these are people the who well. like they'll say, "Oh, this will create like the football. Football will create whatever it's going to create." But I think you should give a, a level playing field for it to be created. Like if you apply a rule, apply it across the board, and the rule doesn't exist across the board. It exists in a couple of tournaments. Only a couple of tournaments have it, and it's very annoying when that when those rules exist. And then when you see it not being enforced, like say the League Cup, and you're like, "Oh, this is the kind of breath of fresh air." That you don't have away goals. Well, and the, both teams are treating it like what it is, which is a, a cup tie. I think you lose some of the essence of it. That's why I'd love to have not one. That's why I'd like one-off cup ties. I think one-off cup ties are the, are great. You know, like the FA Cup or early rounds of the League Cup or any any lot of cup competitions around Europe. A lot of them still do two legs, but like the Coupe de France in, in France, where you have just a one-off match and anything can happen on that one-off match and that'll see you through. I think the way goals goes against that as well, I think it makes it harder for those types of situations to happen. Well, no, I also like the idea of there being two legs. I, I quite enjoy <sighs> that. I, you know, I take in the FA Cup is fine and it is whatever, but the Champions League is the oh, ultimate. Oh, I'd love a Champions League, just one leg Champions League. And you're no, I love, I love an open draw. One leg, you can draw it. If you're drawn at home and according to the open draw, you're at home in the first leg and that's good for you. Yeah, no, I don't like that. Go to penalties after, you know, if, you know if, you're, if it's a draw after 90 minutes, go to penalties. Yeah, that's great. I, I like the idea of penalties after You put 128 minutes. teams in the Champions League, we see what happens. <laughs> that's the, you take your radical ideas, UEFA, and I'm going to stay here and enjoy nice away goals. Stop the clock. No, we're absolutely not stopping the clock. That's just, that just that just uh, encourages I love, advertising. I'd love to be able, if it stops the clock, and then no. that's the end of time wasting. That That's not the end of time wasting. It would be the end of time no, wasting. No, it wouldn't. The team can still take a minute as they like, oh, I'm really tired right now. I'm going to Yeah, but take it's not going to affect here. them to match time. Yeah, but then what happens after it hits 90 minutes? Beep. No, but it's not It's not a <laughs> small pitch. And then you play pitch. Goes out of the play. No, but it's so easy for a ball to go out for a throw-in yeah. or a loose and pass. That's that's it's not it. rugby. Rugby is static no, and boring it. sport. It it's not basketball where it's a nice short uh, playing field where it's easy no. to just lob the ball from one end to the other and score. You can't yeah. do that in football. No, but you play until it goes out of play. But it goes out of play every 20 seconds well, sometimes. Well, then you keep the ball in play. No, and it that's It's like terrible. Rocket League. It's it's not like Rocket League. Keep the ball in the air. It's not like Rocket League. <laughs> the tiny... Rocket League's more like basketball. Ah, uh, no, no, no. That's why the timer's there. Uh, Rocket League. I want more rule changes. No. For the, the better. The, the rules in football are pretty much Change perfect. Changes 
The only thing they should really look at is the handball and offside rule. Um, but that's going to do us for our show today. We've uh, Champions League pa- filled show. We mentioned the Europa League once. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Chelsea going to Malmo. Yeah. Good luck, Chelsea. Uh, Arsenal battling Borisov. That's yeah. the, the only two ties I know. Yeah, I don't. Th- it's not going to be a very exciting Europa no. League week. Look, I remember looking at the thirty-two teams in there, thinking, really, not a lot of no. really exciting teams here. There's no. no Atletico Madrid even like last year. No, it's, it's just it's wide open. Gianfranco Zola to that's win the, one the way, Europa League in uh, May. That is one way to look at it. Uh, but that will do us uh, for this week. I hope you enjoy the return of the Champions League listener and I uh, hope you enjoy it too, Andrew. Thank you, Declan. I hope you enjoy it too. And uh, we'll be back again to review some of the Champions League next week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget you can tell family and friends about the show. Spread the word of the Total Football Takeover. You can also follow us on social media at the TF Pod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram. You can also be found on podcast services, including Spotify, by searching Total Football Podcast. The more the merrier. That's what we always say.